Zach Fazio, and today I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I came here to interview Jesse Robinson. Growing up, basketball was my biggest passion. I played for my school teams and my neighborhood team. At the age of 16, though, I started making some bad decisions. I started selling cocaine in my neighborhood, and I started drinking for the first time. I remember me and my friends started to break into houses and steal stuff. It eventually got to the point where I took a gun to a party in order to shoot out a rival gang, and luckily I was arrested before I could do so. That same year, I was hanging with some friends in front of a house, and somebody drove by and shot 15 rounds at us. One of the bullets hit me in the spine. Since that day, I've been paralyzed from the waist down. After the incident, Jesse stopped selling drugs and left most of his criminal life behind. Still, over the next several years, he suffered with intense anxiety, and he couldn't find peace. I was partying, drinking, hooking up with women, and I eventually dropped out of school. I felt like a failure, and I had no plans to allow God in my life. Over the next four years, my life got worse. I didn't care about living anymore. Things were just so bad. I was just tired of being in the darkness. I just opened my heart and asked God to come back into my life. Soon after, Jesse got a scholarship inviting him to come play wheelchair basketball for the University of Arizona. He accepted the opportunity and started playing for the school. One day, a student on the campus invited him to come study the Bible and learn more about God. The Bible study on sin and repentance changed my life forever. After I finally read about sexual immorality and drunkenness, I never went back to either of those sins again. I became closer to God after that, and I ended up being baptized. He blessed me with peace, and I didn't deserve one single bit of it. And I was just thankful, grateful, it's something that, you know, is so great that I just want other people to have. Uh, my peace as a Christian has, has just been more than I ever imagined. We want to tell many more inspiring stories like this. So if you like the video, hit the subscribe button and let us know what you thought of Jesse's story in the comments below. Jesse Robinson is one of the most grateful, bright, loving people you're going to meet. When you, when you walk into the fellowship, there's Jesse. Kids are climbing all over him. They want to be with him. Right now, he's brought a woman that he met, and she's studying the Bible, wants to get baptized. But the reason is, is in spite of this Paralysis caused by a drive-by. Jesse's joy is blow away. In fact, there's times he said, listen, I'm thankful for what happened because it led me to God and my relationship with him. You know, we all have a choice of whether we're going to be happy people, grateful people, or whether we're going to be miserable, sad, and lonely. I compare Jesse's story to one I read a long time ago. This is a, from Reuters in 1998, November 20th, 1998. It said, a dead German sat in front of his television set for five years. The lights on his Christmas tree flashing beside him. 
and none of his neighbors noticed. Someone said once that he had gone off to a home. I didn't ask anymore, said Monica Majaris, who lived in the same Hamburg block of flats as Wolfgang Dirks, a divorced, disabled loner who died in 1993 at the age of 43. The two neighbors on his floor only moved in four years ago and had never seen Dirks, a former toolmaker who had reportedly threatened to whip anyone who asked about him. Other tenants in the 18-flat block minded their own business. Bill's newspaper said on Thursday that the dead man's letterbox, which might have raised an alarm when it overflowed, had been emptied every now and then, though no one knew by whom. The landlords came knocking only after the bank account from which Dirk's rent bills and other utility bills were paid ran dry. Beside the broken television set and the still twinkling tree, they found his skeleton. His TV listings magazine still on his lap and open on the page for December 5th, 1993. That article is written in 1998. This guy's dead for five years. And you just imagine this gruesome, macabre picture of this skeleton there. And he's got his Christmas tree blinking in the background. And none of his neighbors know he's even gone. You go, what kind of a life did this man live? Was he grateful? I don't think so. Lonely, depressed, sad. Now I want to ask you, what kind of life do you live? And hopefully you're not living that way. But are you living the kind of life we're talking about today? Freedom that leads to gratitude. Freedom that leads to gratitude. We got to talk about it, guys. We are living in a golden age. There is so much good that's going on. It's blow away. Uh, I just read, I just watched, read a book recently, talked about extreme poverty has gone down so much. Since 1981, the level of extreme poverty, which was considered um, $1.90 per day income, has gone down from 42% worldwide to 8.6% currently. Now, 1981 is close to when I graduated from high school. I graduated in 83. I go, that is amazing. Poverty is, is inroads are being made against it. You know, just thinking about uh, now they're developing green nuclear energy that doesn't have, you know, the problems with the, the, the meltdowns and all that stuff. I go, that, that's awesome. Unlimited nuclear energy free from pollution. And then let's just talk about Santa Clarita, okay? Okay, you guys are living in Shangri-La. You ever see that old show? You know, it's like this utopian valley up in the hills where everyone's happy and everything's beautiful. My daughter and I were just going to one of the greatest places on earth yesterday. It's known as Six Flags Magic Mountain. I know you haven't been there since 1987, but we just went and rode eight rides there yesterday. And, you know, we're going to the top of those rides, the Goliath, and we're looking around and go, this is flat out heaven. These people are so lucky. You get to live here every single day. Oh, my gosh. Give yourself a little high five for that, guys. Some people know where to live. And yet, some people are happy and grateful 
while some people are miserable. And you might have come in here and, you know, maybe you came in and, and you're just dragging yourself in. You're late. You got in a fight with your wife. You kicked the dog. Okay, you yelled at your kids. And you're just like, how do you know? Someone tell them what happened. And you're not happy. Now, okay, let me just make a little disclaimer. I'm not, I'm not talking about if you have a serious illness, mental health issue that you need medicine or something. I'm just talking about just general feeling down. Some of us, we just choose to dwell in a place where we're not grateful. We don't see it. I want to talk about that today because I want to help you to step out of your box into a place of freedom and gratitude. Does that sound okay? Okay, let's go together on that one. How can someone who experienced a drive-by shooting be grateful? Just every time I see Jesse, I just go, that guy's amazing. There's something behind it. If you want to live a life of joy this morning, happiness, freedom, you need to tap into the fountain of freedom. Aaron talked about it this morning in his communion address, and I thought it was awesome what he shared. Titus chapter 2. Let's, let's turn there. Titus 2. It's on the screen. If you, didn't, if you don't own a Bible, it's right there. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. I love this passage because what it says here said Jesus appeared. He came his his grace that he poured out on us. And it's meant to produce people who are eager, not obligated. People who come to church because you want to be here. Not because if you don't show up, someone's going to give you a text. Or because your, your wife is dragging you here. You're like, man, I want to serve God. I want to be there. I love this. That's what Jesus died for. Jesus offers us freedom from our own sin and our mistakes. And that freedom is meant to lead us to greater gratitude every single day with an eager attitude. Another version says zealous for good works. You're just fired up to do amazing things. Now, I want to talk a little bit about a few downers that all of us are going to face. Because I look out here and I go, okay, I'd say kind of a middle-aged guy. How many people raised, are born in the 60s right here? Raise your hands. Born in the Okay. Hey, brother and sister. Right there, man. We're the cool kids. 60s. Okay. How many people born in the 70s? Okay. A few more of those. The youngsters. <coughs> you know, it, it may be... It may be kind of mysterious to you if you're a younger one over here, like born in the 90s or, you know, the double zeros or whatever. You know, the people born in the 60s actually feel like the young ones. They feel like, hey, 
you know, we were the younger brothers to the baby boomers or the ones from the 70s. And we still feel that way, even though we don't look that way. It's a weird, weird thing. But we're all going to face some serious downers. Like, number one, aging. You know, when you hit 50 and, and you wake up in the morning and you kind of do that, oh. You get a, oh. You start kind of just, oh. Not bad, but just like, oh. And you go, oh my gosh, it's happening to me. It happens often when I when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have a dream. I'll have a weird dream. I'll go, I'm going to a high school reunion. It's my 10-year anniversary and of the, my high school graduation. I go, oh, my gosh. In my dream, like 10 years have passed. I am getting old. Then I wake up and I go, Rod, that was actually more like 35 years ago. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus illness. We're all going to face it, whether to our family or to us. We cannot escape it. You can't avoid it. It's coming for you. Death, it's going to happen to you. It's one of those downers in this life. It's going to happen. Separation from everything you own. Maybe you got this, the nice Chevy Silverado parked out there in the lot. And you kind of parked it two spaces away from everyone else's, so you don't don't get a ding. You're like, that's an awesome truck right there. Someday that's going bye bye. It's going to end up sold for you know 3,500 on Craigslist. <laughs> Separation from the people we love the most. Think about that. Your wife, your kids. You know, one of the things I just love about coming here is just the father-daughter time I get to spend with my beautiful daughter, Anne. You know what makes this special is I go, it's, I'm not always going to have this time. You know, and, and about ride number five, when I was doing the Batman ride yesterday, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just throw up right now. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to have to pull off here. But then my, my daughter's like, Dad, this is awesome. Thank you. I'm like, Okay, let's go on another ride now. <laughs> you know why? Because I go, I'm not going to get this time. Some dude's going to come along and take her away from me. Some young buck. And I go, man, i got to be grateful for these times. Everything is going to be gone. And that's why we need to take time to remember what a blessing we have in Jesus Christ. I know that sounds really religious, but it's absolutely true. And I want, I want you just to close your eyes. We need to dig into the treasure chest here. Real, just close your eyes with me, okay? Nothing's going to happen. I want you to imagine you're driving down the road and you see that Powerball sign. And it's $100 bucks. You go into 7-Eleven right afterwards. You know, Maybe I'm feeling lucky today. And you buy a ticket. Okay, they pull that winning ticket number. And guess what? That's your number. Hundred million bucks. Okay, just keep 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 them closed. So they send you all the money, but it's a combination of cash and gold coin. And so you decide you're going to keep it in a treasure chest in your closet. And I want you just to imagine you just go in there. Maybe you just put it in a whole room because it's just so much stuff. And you go in there, and I want you just to imagine just. 
this treasure chest and you're just going through and you're just running your fingers through all the cash and all those gold coins. You're just, you're just like, whee! This is incredible. And you're just letting it fly. Wouldn't that be an awesome moment? Okay, come back. Okay, Come back, guys. Okay, come on back. If you have a relationship with Christ, you got something that's way better than that. It's infinitely valuable, lasts forever, can't be stolen. No one can, you know, sue you for it, can't be removed, can't be lost, and it's available on your worst days. It's an unshakable blessing, a fountain of life, a treasure that you already have if you've been baptized as a disciple. You've got it. You've got that treasure chest back home waiting for you. It's there, permanent part of your house. But we need to take the time. To enjoy the treasure. And this is where, as we get older, we lose sight of what we already have. That's why it's so good to have times of communion to remind us of that treasure chest God gave us. The the one of eternal life. All of our sins forgiven. The family of God. The mission we live for. Things that can never be stolen away from us. And we need to resist. We need to rebel against the resistance that says, no, don't worry about that. Just focus on what you don't have. Focus on that house that you need to buy. Focus on this car that you need to purchase. Focus on the school you need to get your kids into. Focus on what you don't almost have, but you don't have yet. And for many of us as Christians, middle-aged Christians, we're living a life we're not happy You know why? Because we've got this treasure chest. We never go back and check on it. Instead, we're focused on, listen, once I get this thing over here, then I'm going to be happy. Once I get married to the right girl, then I'm going to be happy. Once I get married to the right guy, once my kids get out of trouble, then I'm going to be happy. And I I run into a lot of middle-aged Christians. And the problem is, you're focused on what you don't have. You've lost sight of the fountain of freedom. You've lost sight of the cross. And that's why the scripture says you can have gratitude in every season, in every circumstance of life. Let's take a look at the next slide here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I love this passage. It says this, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, let's, let's just dial in here on this. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's tempting to pass over the scripture and go, okay, that's good. That's, you got to be grateful. That's good. Okay. What's he saying there? He's saying, you don't have to give thanks for all circumstances. But you definitely need to be thankful in all circumstances. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, recently I, I got news about my sister. She's, I'm the baby of six kids. My older sister, I'm super close to her. She's kind of, she's kind of like a second mom to me. 
She called me up and said, I've got cancer. It's terminal. She's going to die this year. That's, that's a bad circumstance. It's sad. I was just thunderstruck. I was like, oh, my gosh. She's the healthiest person you could imagine. She's not a Christian. But the thing I'm grateful for, not the cancer, of course not, that's stupid. The thing I'm grateful for is open it up where I'm talking to her about Jesus. I'm writing her letters. I'm writing her scriptures. We're talking now. We're, we're really talking. We're getting down to it. Now, I planted a church in my hometown to try to reach out to her, but she wasn't open for that. She'd come to church, but she didn't become a Christian. But we're getting, getting even deeper now. And I'm thankful for that. Because it's forced us to talk about things that really have to get talked about. It's like, I can't wait till next year. I got to talk about it right now. And, you know, she's not totally opening up quite yet. But she's asked me, she sent a letter, said, would you mind sending me some scriptures? Sending me how you connect with God. And so we're communicating. And I'm thankful to God in that circumstance. Not for it, but in it. You know, when you tap into the fountain of grace, you can be grateful and joyful no matter what comes your way. Age, illness, death, separation. How many people know somebody that they care about who's sick right now? Okay, look at that. We got about a third right there. How many people have a situation that they just are really struggling with right now? Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's family. Okay, we got a, there goes another half. All of us are in circumstances that we could go, listen, I'm not going to be happy until this problem is solved. Or you can do what the scripture says and be thankful in your current circumstances. And I, I want to ask you, are you grateful now? Or are you waiting? And for many of us, we are holding God hostage. We've got a gun to his head and said, listen, if you don't solve this problem, I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to give side hugs. I'm not going to be friendly. I'm, not, I'm, I'm barely coming to church. I'm going to leave early until you answer my prayer. You better come through, God. I've been a Christian 23 years. I've given a lot of money. You got to come through now. And we're pouty and we're mopey and we're gripey and we're crabby. And everyone in our Bible talk runs from us. Oh, here comes Susie. I got to go clean the backyard. Oh, here comes Bill. Hey, Bill. And it's because you can't be grateful in all circumstances. Listen, I want to tell you a little surprise. Your life is going to have some mess until you die. Just when you get out of one mess, you're going to fall into another one. So I want to ask you, are you going to go through the rest of your Christian life having a huge treasure chest in your life? Miserable. Because you can't have your life just the way you want it in a perfect situation. What's it going to be? You know, Thanksgiving was birthed in suffering. The first American pilgrims 
Thanksgiving didn't occur in 1621 when a group of pilgrims shared a feast with a group of friendly Indians. The first recorded Thanksgiving took place in Virginia more than 11 years earlier, and it wasn't a feast. The winter of 1610 at Jamestown had reduced a group of 409 settlers to 60. The survivors prayed for help without knowing when or how it might come when help arrived in the form of a ship filled with food and supplies from England. A prayer meeting was held to give thanks to God. That's what's known as giving thanks in all circumstances. 350 people dead, 60 survived. What do they do? Thank God. Abe Lincoln, when did, when did our current Thanksgiving celebration start? During the middle of the Civil War. He said, hey, we're, we're lucky that our country's continuing in the midst of this slaughter. I, I'm going to just dedicate the fourth thir- Thursday as a national day of Thanksgiving. Right in, the, in one of the darkest, if not the darkest period of our national history. That's when Thanksgiving was born. What are you grateful for right now? I want you to work with me here, okay? You guys ready to get a little interactive? Woo, touchy-feely, watch out here. Okay. I want you to turn to the people next to you. I want you to share three things you're grateful for. And if you want to be really bold, share something you're grateful for that's in the midst of something challenging, okay? A circumstance, maybe it's not pleasant, but you're grateful for something in that circumstance. Just share with three things you're grateful for right now with the people next to you. Okay, great. Did you find three things? There's a lot of things to be grateful for, aren't there? I I didn't get to share, so let me just share some things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for Ron and Cheryl Hammer. Okay, this guy. I I was kind of new. When I kind of joined this Southwest family of churches, I'd been up in Oregon and and Ron and Cheryl said, hey, let's have lunch. And I thought, this guy is the nicest guy in the kingdom of God. Friendly, loving. He's kind of a foodie, if you notice that part. Loves food. But has been so kind to me and to the church in Tucson. And, you know, every time I spend time with him, I go, man, I'm lucky to have friends like Ron. I mean, it just... I treasure the friendship, Ron. Thank you for being a great friend to me. And, you know, I think about the church here in Santa Clarita. 
I went to the men's retreat about five years ago. That was so much fun. I love that. And I came back and go, I'm going to do this in Tucson. So I planned one and no one wanted to go. In fact, first one I planned, I had to cancel it. No signups. I mean, three signups, but they, they didn't pay. They just committed on paper. So I'm like, guys, it's really awesome. We did it in Santa Clarita. It was amazing. I'm like, no, it's dumb. And so, but I said, it's good. We're going to do it. So we did it last year for the first time. And we had a bunch of guys get out there. Oh, this is going to be dumb. We don't want to go. They went out there. They loved it. In fact, we did a survey of things we want to do again and things we don't want to do. That men's retreat was the number one most requested activity in the entire church. All the women were like, please take my husband away. That came from this church, and I'm thankful to you guys and the warm reception you gave me and the great inspiration. I am so thankful for that, and I'm thankful for my daughter because I can't imagine a more beautiful and wonderful daughter than you, Anne. I want to conclude by saying this. Freedom and gratitude are choices that you make every single day. Let's read Jeremiah 17. You guys still with me here? Okay, Jeremiah 17, verse 5 says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land. Where no one lives. Look at that middle scripture. He says. They will not see prosperity when it comes. Gratitude, joy, connection, happiness are all functions of your connection to God. When you come to Tucson, there's a place called Sabino Canyon. And there's a place you can hike to called Seven Falls. And it's this beautiful waterfall in the middle of the, the desert, right? You know, you see all the cactus and everything. And, that, and then just, boom, it's beautiful little waterfall. And to see water in the desert is really special. You're just like, wow, it's awesome. But, you know, we, we hiked up there one time. And there's a little pool of water, not, you know, about a quarter the size of this stage. And at the side... Everything else is just shrub and brush and then cacti all over the place. But there's one little cottonwood tree. And it's gorgeous. But the only way it can survive is the fact it's right there next to the pool of water. And I mean, it's just flourishing. It's just beautiful. But it's because it's connected to that fountain. And it's just so powerful to think, listen, you know, if you want to be a grateful person, yeah, it's a nice aspiration, but you've got to be connected to that fountain of freedom. You've got to put your roots down in God. And some of us, we're kind of thinking, maybe I want to get closer to God. Then do it. Because all of a sudden you can be joyful. You can be happy. You can have something that others don't have. Even in the midst of the worst 
environment around you. You ever felt down when everyone else was happy around you? Yeah, I remember in high school, this girl named Kelly Philpot broke up with me. I was crazy about Kelly. I totally was in love with her. She dumped me for a guy named Paul Eagle. How can a guy named Skinner compare to a guy named Eagle? No chance. And, and, and you know, I, I would just see her, and she's kissing him at the lockers, and I'm like, I would look up at my friends, you know, mounted deer and stuff like that. I go, I tell my friends, well, those those deer's eyes kind of look like Kelly. And they're like, Rob, get a grip, get a grip, bro. But you know, my friends would all be happy, but I was down. And some of us as Christians, we're here today. We're not that happy. We're not grateful. Some of us are flat out miserable. Now, aside from those who have a medical condition, you've got to take a look at your connection to God. Are you tapped into the fountain of freedom? Ask yourself the question, when's the last time you read your Bible that you prayed? Well, it was two weeks ago. I think there might be a connection there. It's been two weeks since you dug into your treasure chest until you just checked out what you really had. Abe Lincoln said this. Most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. You see, you have a decision to make. I can be close to God, and when I'm close to God, I'm going to be happy. But for some of us in here, even though good things are happening, you live in the most beautiful place in the world, you've got great leadership, you've got an amazing place to worship. I mean, I, I, I was talking to my daughter, Ann. I go, guys, we, meet in a, we also meet in a middle school. No carpeting. And for like five weeks, there was no heat. And I mean, Tucson, you think desert. It was cold. I mean, people were like, I want to go outside where it's warm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I walk in here and go, wow. You're, you're living it, guys. Let's look at this next scripture here. Next, next slide, please. This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish, little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Unfortunately, that's where a few of us are at right there this morning. We're, we're lost in self-pity, we're disconnected from God, and we're just like, why doesn't the world rotate in my direction? I'm not going to be happy until it does. And guys, it's never going to happen. We have a choice to make, to get connected with God. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a real disciple, sold out for Jesus, you need to study the Bible. You need to learn what the true gospel is. It's going to transform your thinking and your life. But if you're a middle-aged Christian, and I'm talking to most of you in here, I want to talk to you. Have you lost connection with what you have as a Christian already? Even if you get another, don't even get another dime in your life, 
are you going to be happy and grateful? And just say, man, I've, I've got it. I'm living it. This is the life. Let me leave you with some next steps. Dig around in your treasure chest this week. Tap into the fountain of freedom. I want you to go after it in your relationship with God. And I want you to not focus on the things you need to do. I need to do this. I need to share my faith. I need to do this. Instead, do the hard stuff. Focus on what Jesus promises you as a Christian. I'm forgiven. You know, I just sit there and I just, I've got power statements I read every morning. I believe what the Bible says about me. There's nothing I can't master through the one who gives me strength. I'm completely forgiven and loved by God. And I just sit there and I just meditate on Christ and on his promises until I go, man, I am the most blessed man alive. And I think for some of us, we go, oh, yeah, I need to have a quiet time. I'm not talking about just quiet time. I'm talking about digging into the treasure chest where you're like, man, I am so lucky to be a Christian. Dig, dig around this week. And number two, be grateful in the middle of tough circumstances. I want you to consciously think every conversation, I'm going to be try, to try to be grateful for one thing. To my wife, hey, honey, great eggs. Loved them. Loved the, loved the bell pepper. Excellent. Uh, you know, hey, baby, you look studly. That's what guys, women need to say to guys, you know. Hey, you're a stud muffin. Wow. Thank you for being around me. But let's decide to be the most grateful, happy people around. Can I get an amen? amen. And let's let freedom lead us to gratitude. Thank you very much. Love you guys.